Hey everyone and welcome to the Just Chatting podcast, a podcast discussing all things fitness, well-being and mindset, hosted by yours truly, Jessica Banhan. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Jess Chatting Podcast. Um, I am joined by a very special guest, and I actually was on his podcast when I recorded uh, our podcast episode, was it two weeks ago, I think? Um, I think it was so, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. And that is fellow online coach, Killian McCahey. Killian, thank you so much for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having me on. How, how are we doing? How are we feeling? It is currently, when I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, the 20th of October. So how is your October going so far? My October is going quite well at the moment. I'm um, keeping quite busy at the moment and really, really jealous of you being over in sunny, sunny Spain. So <laughs> other than that, it's going well. I know, I know. It's so good. But look, for anyone that doesn't know who you are, give us a brief introduction. Who is Killian? What do you do? And uh, yeah, tell the people who you are. So my name is obviously Killian. Um, I am the owner of CMAXE Fitness. So I do online coaching. Um, essentially, I'm a personal trainer and a nutritionist. Um, I've been doing the online scene for the last nearly two years and been involved in the health fitness industry for oh, about five years now. So that's really uh, a lot about me. I help a lot of people in terms of improving their confidence. Um, you know, obviously, my my main clientele would be mainly weight loss but you know there's a massive focus on overall health um and just improving that kind of the confidence side of things as opposed to focusing on the weight loss so that's just a little bit about me I could probably ramble on for a good bit longer but I'll try to keep it short and sweet keep it short and sweet because we're gonna get like we're gonna just dig dig deeper as well but um they actually um the first thing I actually noted was that you've actually been online for two years so that means you've been online pre-pandemic so a lot of coaches that I know have literally only gone online, let's say, in 2020, when like obviously the pandemic hit and we unfortunately had to go online. So you started online pretty much at a time where like, you know, you were kind of re-establishing yourself and everything. So because I suppose like when it came to 2019, I didn't know what an online coach was. I had no idea who, who like I just thought there was like kind of like fitness influence, fitness influencers. And just for anyone that's wondering, fitness influencers and online coaches are completely excuse my French, fucking different things. So let me just (laughs) clarify that. So, but obviously, yeah. So like, so you've been online coaching since around 2019. So what made you like, obviously, because you were doing personal training as well. So what made you actually start online at a time where it was pre pandemic? Like it was something that I always wanted to toy around with, to be honest. Um, you know, I, it kind of really appealed to me, the online side of things. Um, I, I suppose I'd been working in on a gym floor for quite a while. And one of the things that I was starting to notice was, was like, yes, we were getting results, say, with, with, with clients. But there was an opportunity there for a lot of clients to come up with quite a lot of excuses in a sense that I might only see a client maybe two times a week, max three times a week. Um, and they'd have me for one hour. And for me, I was obviously under a lot of pressure to get clients in because I was renting out floor space, uh, space in the gym. And, you know, you, you couldn't really spend too much time. You might chat to your client for five or 10 minutes before, but you're, you're keen to get them through the session and give them a good session for that hour that they're there. So um, you weren't really getting to get a lot of accountability from the clients. And it gave them an opportunity as well to just kind of lie to you a little bit in a sense of, oh, yeah, you know, nutrition's going great or got all my steps in or X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. So it was just one thing that I kind of noticed. And I was, I, I was, kind of toying around with the idea of going online because it would allow me to have say more check-ins or more accessibility to the clients so that's what kind of got me into it so I was probably half and half I was on doing a lot in the gym floor more so on the gym floor to be honest um, and then I had one or two clients online and I was helping them out 
and when I say online, like it was, it was very basic. Um, you know, it was Microsoft Word, everything done through that. You know, it was really, really basic emails, the whole lot. Um, and like it was working, obviously at the time, but it, it definitely it was something that I knew I needed to improve. And when I went then into, I suppose the pandemic hit then, and I'm sure we were all forced to to go online then, really. Um, and that's when I really kind of deep dived and invested into say a few different courses to help you know improve the online side of things um i think it's a big thing say with coaches is that obviously we got we get taught the you know the basics of health and fitness and nutrition and x y and z but no one teaches you kind of the 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 business side of things and how to actually come up with um a business model that helps to improve your service for your clients so that's essentially where i kind of made the bigger shift into online and i invested quite a lot into that and got all these different systems and i was absolutely amazed by what you can get um and i just keep bringing them into the the coaching and into the business and it just helps to improve the results for my clients so that's essentially where or how I kind of got into the online scene and, and whatnot yeah no it's definitely very interesting I think like look you've definitely like a good um I want to say step ahead maybe or kind of like a level up let's say from for example me when I started like I had to start when I launched the business at the literal week the gyms were open and then like two weeks later gyms were closed so like I had to go online so I've had to learn probably the harder way because as you said like you had the value of like you identify something that obviously in personal um when the difference between personal training and online coaching is that with personal training you know you're showing up your two twice three times a week but like that coach has no idea what the other client is doing like that like you could see them in the pub and you're like i'll see you for class on tuesday you know like it's 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 not this it's it's completely different as well so i think like look you do have a lot of like you it's amazing that you have the um experience that you're going to be able to take from i said the gym floor to the online base um coaching side things as well so you're in a great position compared to like for the likes of myself or anyone you know that might be just starting out online as well so i'm not i'm not just i'm not like you know like trying to put people off online coaching but i suppose people need to be aware like that like you know like you look at the likes of you know your james smith your darren cartel or whatever people think like oh they start they're, they're online i'm like they've done like 10 years of like gym floor and that was they were doing like so many like hours per week. Like, so people need to like, I think people forget what people have actually been through to get to where they are. And again, that's probably very interlinked in terms of like social media. And like, we could probably link this in with confidence because this is something I feel we have very much in common in terms of our style of kind of coaching as well. Kind of coming back to like the inner side, like I'm very like, you know, mindset focused and, you know, kind of really understanding how much our mindset can impact our progress and whatever so in terms of like confidence um you know like how how have you been able to help people with that as well like have you been like were, was there stuff that you were able to do let's say in person or like in through online over the last like two years what have you kind of learned um like is there tools that you use is it kind of the way you approach people like how do you kind of like help people as well because um because i presume a lot of would a lot of your clients be female or like you've like what would your I suppose like dynamic or dynamic demographic be? Yeah, it is. It's like ninety nine percent female. You know, I do. I take on anyone. To, you know, within that kind of that that specific kind of clientele who people who are looking to improve their confidence. But I do. It, it does track quite a lot more females compared to males um you know so a lot of my my clients are ninety nine percent of my clients are are female to be honest. So I suppose the the approach that I would take 
like yourself is very mindset based. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you're not 100% within your mind, you're not going to be able to carry out, you know, the the fitness plan or, you know, your nutrition side of things or your goal setting side of things. You know, you have to be 100% in yourself first before you can give 100% to all those other things. So we would deep dive quite a lot into that before really looking at the fitness side of things or the nutrition side of things or, or whatnot. And, you know, we, we, we look at those along the way too, but it's very much so a case of identifying the issues there or the triggers there or the problems that are there and coming up with solutions for them. So one big thing that I would often deep dive into with my clients is a lot of journaling. So I think a lot of people would, you know, when they hear the word journaling, they think it's either dear diary or just real hippie kind of wishy-washy sort of stuff. But, you know, journaling has so many benefits to it and it can really set someone in place and help them come at ease with themselves or with potential worries because the brain doesn't actually recognize the difference between reality or a thought. And this is what the whole idea is. When we start to worry, we start to put these what-if scenarios into our into our brain, which brings the body into overdrive. And we're obviously hitting that uh, sympathetic nervous system and we're into this big massive stress and we're in constant stress um, and it, it kind of really judges or clouds our judgment quite a lot so it's trying to help a client to understand that number one but give them the necessary tools to you know um to manage that as such and then in in return it helps them become more positive in their outlook and more you know confident in their outlook too and they're able to solve and come up with solutions a lot easier so we would deep dive quite a, quite a lot into the journaling side of things and also then the whole affirmation side of things of, I don't know if you've ever heard of neuroplasticity. Um, it's essentially, you, you probably have, of course, but it, like it's essentially we've a load of little, you know, neurons in the brain or what I like to call them, like little wires, um, little connections. And when we start to display or think of a lot of, say, negative thoughts, we be begin to believe those negative thoughts and we'll actually start to display them through our actions and our behaviors. And this is a, a common thing that a lot of people will do is, you know, they start thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then all of a sudden they'll start displaying or, you know, carrying out these actions that, okay, I can't do this. I can't, I can't. So what I'll deep dive into or have a look at is, okay, let's start shifting that mindset and start believing we can. So we'll deep dive into affirmations and say, okay, you, you need to come to, come up with three affirmations every single day of things that you're going to do and you're going to believe in yourself that you're going to do it. Um, but it's also actually setting a little non-negotiable in there as well. So you, you have the affirmation, of course, you know, I can do this, I can lose five pounds, whatever it may be. But then you also need to have the non-negotiable with it and say, okay, well, what can I do today to get me one step closer to that affirmation? And between the both, I think, you know, it's, it's a really important thing because you're starting to believe these actions, you're carrying out small little other actions that are getting you that step closer to it. Um, and it's kind of a combination of both that we're re rewiring the brain to yes, I can, as opposed to no, I can't, if that makes sense. I've probably gone off in a tangent. So <laughs> I was literally for that whole time you were talking, I was like, this is so exciting. Oh my God. I literally was like, you've no idea. Like my heart is racing. I'm like, this is the stuff I like to talk about. And literally for any of my clients that might be listening, they'll be, they'll have, I know exactly what my clients will be thinking, oh my God, this is actually the male version of Jessica. Because I say the exact same stuff, definitely not to the extent of the, the sciencey science bit um, in terms of uh, neurology, isn't it? Is it? Like neuroplasticity is what it's called. Yeah. Um, like, is that, is that similar? Is that an NLP? Is that abbreviate? Or what's NLP? There's, a, there's a, uh, another term for that. Oh, NLP is probably something different. Anyway, but anyway, mm -hmm. have you have you heard of NLP? It's something got to, it's it's something got to, to, to do with our mindset as well. There is could like, be the abbreviated form. 
I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Could be, could be. Oh God, everyone ignore me anyway. But um, no, like everything you said, like the point where you said like your thoughts will reflect into your actions. And that's like, something I repeat to all of my clients because I'm like, if you're, th- you're going, if you're going to feel like crap, you're more likely going to feed yourself with foods that you are not, that are not going to be nutrient dense. They're probably not, you're going to feel even more crap. But again, like if you're going, oh my God, I'm feeling stressed. You're going to go and like, probably just like go and, you know, probably watch Netflix when you could be going out for a walk, clearing your head, getting a bit of exercise, doing something that actually contributes it. And actually something that, um, I forget who I was listening to today. Oh my God. I was listening to someone on stories today or something. And they were like, kind of saying like, you know, when it gets to let's say the dark weather it's kind of like oh sure like it's dark now I don't want to be getting out and like going out for a walk and I'm like but you're feeling that way now could you imagine what a walk is actually going to do if you know it's going to benefit you why wouldn't you do it so like everything yeah that I that you've said I totally like totally agree with it um and we will get on to a journey in a slight second but there's just so many things that I'm like where the hell do I begin but obviously this was how in terms of obviously identifying the cans into cans and the I should and then I did it or I've done it or whatever the the, tech, the grammatic term is like what do you feel people's issues are is it like you know is it their their environment that's led them to feel that they can't do it like why do you feel people can't do something that they want to do perhaps like what it, what do you feel is like the barrier because I feel like that's a barrier that some people might be feeling now at the moment because I was kind of like oh it's October sure Christmas coming up like I you know I can't like make it to the gym or whatever like what what do you feel could be like I don't suppose everyone is really different but I suppose like identifying the can'ts and how could you convert them into the shoulds or like I want it's you know yeah completely no like I think there's a combination and it's a big thing like barriers and solutions and when I see the word barrier I'll always think okay solution you know, do you know what I mean what, what what barrier what can we put it what solution can we put in place for that barrier and I think there's always going to be quite a lot of different potential barriers for people there I mean we've to take into consideration there's going to be work stressors environmental stressors social stressors relationship stressors financial stressors there's going to be so many different things there that's going to deter someone from you know potentially saying I can as opposed to I can't and um, I think a big one as well what I would often relate back to is fear. Um, I think a lot of people have a fear of failure within themselves. And it's a big thing that it's one of the questions that I would ask a client or a potential client, let's say, is like, what's holding you back or what's stopping you? And when we actually deep dive into it, they're fairly reluctant to say it at the start. But when we actually get into the nitty gritty side of it, it's it's that fear of failure um, and, you know, being the laughing stock or, you know, um, a lot of clients that would come to me, they've, you know, it's their last resort. They've tried these things before. They might have done endless dieting or, you know, keto 90 day transformations or X, Y and Z. And, you know, they 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 failed on those attempts and they're very fearful of repeating that again. I think as well, there's a bit of a, a trend in Irish society that we like to see people fail. Um, I think if we see someone doing something different, coming out of their comfort zone, our automatic thought or responses, look at your one or look at your man, look what he's doing, X, Y, and Z. Jesus, that's, that's gas. They're never going to achieve X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that's we're very aware of that within our society, too. And I think that can hold a lot of people back is, you know, what if my parents or what if my friends or what if my work colleagues slag me? You know, they've already seen me go through one thing before. 
um, and I failed within that. What if I do this again? They're going to laugh at me. And I think it stops quite a lot of people back. And what I would often say to people as well, with the word failure, like don't look at it as something that's a negative. I always look at a failure as a positive. Um, and I'll always say like F-A-I-L is a first attempt in learning as opposed to saying I'm an utter failure or a, a feck up or, or whatever it may be. So, you know, never look at a, at a failure as a bad thing. Look at it as a, an attempt in learning, your first attempt in learning and always take away or reflect from that failure in brackets or in abbreviations and say, what can I do different to improve on it? You know, I, I love failing. And I'll always say to my clients, if they've had, like, let's say, a bad week or a bad day or whatever, maybe is like, great, like you, you technically failed. That's great. What can we learn from it? You know what I mean? Turn the negative into a positive as such and, and reflect on it and see what you can learn from it. Um, but I definitely think that that whole failure or that fear is the biggest thing that stops a lot of people from achieving what they, they could potentially achieve. Oh my God. It's like, it's like doing a podcast with myself. I'm like, everything that I, everything that you say, I'm like, okay, that's it. That's probably what I was going to say. So cool. That we'll move on to the next question. Like, yeah, no, I, I, that's something I've learned over the last like few weeks, I would say is that understanding like failure can be a good thing and it, it and that's, and by no means for anyone listening it is it like an automatic switch in our brains it's like it takes like ye- like if it's if it's taking you years to build up that mentality it may take a bit like that same amount of time to reverse that and people think like oh well you know like you know the tw- the 21 day you know you know keto channel uh keto diet whatever is going to like you know massively help me like reduce you know juice rate even though i've had my habits for like three years i'm like so 21 bit days versus three years hmm, that makes sense so again it's it's and yeah so it's just kind of obviously understanding that it's not just an automatic switch as well but yeah like fear fears or the fear of failure like is something that and I, like look i agree with you in terms of our 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 society it is definitely a thing like the like even like totally not fitness rated but like definitely when I got picked when I dyed my hair pink like the amount of looks that I would get and like I'm getting them here as well in Spain like you know like you know people will look at you and be like oh gosh she's a bit different and I'm like you can think all that all you want you can absolutely think all you want was it but you don't know like how successful I might be like um in business like I could have I could be walking down like the street and probably, probably make these assumptions about me but I'm like I could have a a bloody PhD for all I know you don't know how like maybe like um intelligent I might be and again we're perceiving things and like that again how we per- how we perceive things it all comes back down to our mindset it's how we perceive the world and that's what mindset is and actually being aware of it um so obviously one of the tools that you um talked about in regards to obviously the mindset is journaling do you journal yourself Yes and no. So that's probably a bit of a, a, a one you weren't expecting. But I suppose the way I would look at journaling is, and I think everyone will approach journaling quite differently. You know, some people will rely on it quite a lot and they'll journal every single day. And if that works for them, great. For me, I would see it as a tool that I use when I get quite overwhelmed. So I will use it during periods of stress or uncertain times. Um, and I'm very much so black and white. I need to write things down and get like a plan put in place on paper. I, it can't be like through a laptop or anything like that. It has to be pen and paper. Um, and that's what I really like about the journaling is that I have this essential, essentially a connection with the page, but it maps all my thoughts out. And I always would always describe it to my my clients is when we're talking about it is, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I am 100%. <laughs> always. Heavy. I'm I'm a massive Harry Potter fan, um, but there was a scene where 
Dumbledore, so the main guy, I don't know if anyone doesn't know Harry Potter, they probably do. He takes a memory out of his head and he puts it into like a, a bowl that he has for all his memories. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. yeah, yeah. So I always say journaling is kind of like that. You know, you're you're mapping out your thoughts, but putting it on paper. So I would use my journaling quite a lot for during those periods of stress or when I'm overwhelmed or uncertainty. Um, and it allows me to get out my emotions, my thoughts, what are the the, the reasons why I'm stressed or anxious or X, Y, and Z. And then I map out those potential barriers, but come up with the solutions for it then, if that makes sense. And that's how I would use my journaling. And there's many different forms of journaling and, you know, everyone will apply it in a different way or different sense, but that's how I would use it. So it comes in and out of my life, you know, when, when, when it's going quite good, I will reflect from time to time. I'm very reflective and pensive in that sort of sense. Um, but it would come out more so in times of stress or when I'm quite overwhelmed. Yeah, no, the reason why I ask is because like I was that coach who was telling my clients, please journal. Like if I felt, if I was seeing kind of like very common things between certain, if I've seen a particular client, I'm like, okay, this this kind of element of their life is like bringing them a lot of stress. And I'm like, okay, look, I'd advise you to journal. Like like get that stuff out on paper, get it out of your head. You're bringing it to sleep with you. It's affecting your sleep. You're feeling tired. You're feeling like crap, less journal, whatever. But then I realized I was, you know, as they always say, practice what you preach. And I think, you know, as coaches, we should be role models in a sense because we should be able to lead by example. Um, and I think like, that's why I asked was kind of like, you know, because I, I like, if you said you didn't journal, I'm like, that's okay. Like you, like, like journaling works for everyone in different ways. Like, as I said, people think, as you said, um, like a few moments ago, people think like, oh, it's like a hippie and dear diary. And like, journaling could like just be one sentence. It could be writing that to like, perhaps a to-do list or your goals, or as you said, reflection, like journaling doesn't like, you know, it's, it's simply just writing. That's what it is. So um, I think like, yeah, people think journaling, again, we're perceiving it in such a different way, but again, it's understanding, okay, what actually journaling could be and how beneficial um, it, be, it could be as well. And that's something I actually wanted to kind of lead on to as well as with you know, again, kind of what I kind of just mentioned there, the whole like leading by example, because as a coach, I think when so when a client comes to you, like they, they look up to you, they think you as a role model, they obviously might be like following your business or following you on social media. And like, they can they kind of will look up to these people, look up to you. Um, and I'm kind of getting onto the whole like social media side of things. Come, something similar to what we, we talked about in your podcast, as well as the whole, like we have people who are looking up to ex Mary who has, 300,000 followers who's spreading absolute horse crap and we're looking up to this and trying to be like oh but that's that's the mindset I need to have I need to be you know I need to do 40 hours of cardio a day and all that kind of stuff whatever so you know and again it probably leads it, this probably interlinks with the whole topic of environment and understanding how important your environment is so I'm actually not sure of the question of what I'm asking but hopefully you might be able to pick up on the words of like environment lead by example. If you want to take away and perhaps discuss that. <laughs> you are putting me on the spot now. Um, no, I definitely. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, one thing what I would say or what, where I would come from with environment as well, environment is, is massive. Um, especially when you have a goal in mind and you're looking to achieve that goal. There's two, I suppose, quotes or sayings that I would always abide by. Um, when it comes to your environment and the first one is your 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 vibe is your tribe um and the second one is if you were to surround yourself by with three millionaires you'd become the fourth um so they're the kind of the two things that i would go by um and what i mean by that is the first one like your vibe is your tribe is 
whatever vibe you give out or whatever the vibe is in your current environment, that's the the kind of the tribe you're going to attract and the, the vibrations that you're giving out. So if you're surrounding yourself by say with quite a lot of negative people, a lot of negative different people and so, um, that have very negative outputs or thoughts, you're going to slowly become one of those people or have those negative outputs or thoughts as well. Um, so I think when it comes to environments and especially with social media, what I would often say is if there's someone there that is just not vibing right with you that, you know, you might see them, you think oh, this person again, or, um, you know, I can't stand X, Y, and Z, or this person makes me feel anxious or whatever it may be get rid of them that is the beauty about social media is you can delete profiles you know um and i think it's 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 really important to have especially in your social media because we see it for like so many hours of the day now have a good social media have a good environment there that when you come onto it it makes you feel happy and good about yourself as opposed to coming off and thinking jesus like i wish i looked like your one or you know what x y and z it's this that and the other and i have to do 50 days of keto just to have a six pack or a good bum or whatever it may be, you know? And um, so that's what I would say with regards to environment. And then with the, the it kind of links in with the second kind of quote is like, you know, tr- surround yourself with three millionaires, you become the fourth. You know, if you surround yourself with people who have high expectations, nearly higher than you, that's going to spur you on and encourage you to to be like them and emulate that as well. Um, and I think that's why it's really, really important to have a close circle of four to five people that you can rely on, you trust, they bring you up as as opposed to bring you down. You know, it's kind of like you're on a life journey. And I like I always picture a life journey as like a train. And you start off, you know, at one stop and there's going to be a load of different stops along the way. And then eventually you'll come to your your your, your destination. Um, and what I would always say is, you know, there's people that are going to hop onto that train. There's people that are going to hop off that train as well. And welcome everyone onto that train. But if you start to notice that there's a certain person on that train that's causing havoc or bringing you down, you know, simply get them off the next stop. And I think it's a really, really important thing to apply in your life is if there's anyone in your environment that's bringing you down that's making you feel quite negative about yourself or just gives you a bit of anxiety you know it's 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 a good thing to cut them out and you know it doesn't have to be in a brutal sense of saying we're not friends anymore good luck you know or you do x y and z to me goodbye because those that chances are that person's very insecure within themselves or you know they, they probably have d- issues that they're dealing with too but it's it's a case of trying to distance yourself from them you know and i think we're we're very selfless and we give a lot to everyone else but we don't give a lot to ourselves and i always say to people if you can't give 100% to yourself how can you give 100% to someone else so you have to be a little bit selfish in that sense of pick your four to five people and surround yourself by them make sure they're people that bring you up that make you feel good about yourself that inspire you with ideas and then after that, everyone else is an acquaintance. You can keep that at, at arm's length, but you don't let them into your personal life, if that makes sense. So yeah. I think, did that answer your environment yeah. question? It, it answered my statement as such, because I didn't know what the question was. So I was kind of like, I keep on rambling here, but I don't know what the question is. But it did answer kind of the elements that I was kind of like discussing as well. Um, I love that um, that that uh, train analogy. I think that's a really nice way of kind of thinking about it. Because again, we always kind of feel like, we need to be on this kind of like steady like train as such we kind of feel like we need to go we need to go we need to get, need to get there need to get to that you know number of the scales need to get to this or whatever and it's kind of like it's okay to have a stop on the way like if like a train ha- eventually has to kind of like stop and you know move perhaps like take a different route and all that and I think that's exactly kind of the perfect analogy that we should have you know with life and 100 percent of people come and go and that's again I think that's life and you know something that actually a client has brought up with me this week was that like they they were identifying that there was negativity going on in their life and they realized it was the people that was around them. And I'm like, 
if if at all possible like try and again distress yourself like you know because again your environment is going to reflect again into your actions and again it's going to impact, impact your mindset and all the kind of jazz so because this is connecting with how I found you on social media because people are probably going to be like okay how did Jess and Killian actually meet and I came across Killian on the most toxic platform well I feel it's the most toxic platform but I know you're trying to change things and that is the platform of TikTok so there is a lot of online coaches who I know that are not going on TikTok purposely because of how negative it has gone because of how powerfully influential it can be it's it's power it's more powerful than Instagram but like there's there's like I did I deleted TikTok back in June I think but like it was a few weeks out for my prep so because I knew I was spending so much time on it it was affecting my sleep it was affecting my mentality I was like I didn't need to be swarmed into it now a lot of the stuff I was following was like a lot of like dances or whatever like it was just like light-hearted stuff but like I was spending too much time on the bloody thing I was just consuming way too much and then I kind of seen the whole like you know do this exercise three times a week and you get a six-pack and all that kind of crap because again this leads Bad belly fat oh sweet jesus oh yeah do, do you do these six ab exercises every single day and you'll have six back by friday it's like yeah okay cool so but again i know like and this is where like obviously for anyone wondering this is how i actually came across killing killing came across my for you page presume it was some sort of recipe you were sharing because that's that that is what that is like what you love to do so guys if you're obviously following killing like i'll leave this like i'm instagram in the show notes but um yeah that that was actually how i remember it was some sort of thing like that and i was like thank Christ there's someone like him on this platform sharing actual scientifically proven stuff but um because I suppose like when it comes to the whole like again leading by example and the whole like vibe tribe and all that jazz like we tend to get so consumed with if by what people say so you'll have let's say for you you you're there sharing something with your client who um is like saying oh you know I did this before and it worked whatever and you know that that's not scientifically not proven or whatever like I suppose like how how do you help people or how do even you identify what's actually the truth and what is not because there's so much information out there and I think people tend to get misled and again taking for the example of what I just talked about the whole misled information on TikTok even on Instagram as well and we're I suppose it's so hard to know kind of like oh god like who is right and I suppose how do you do you have that issue yourself in terms of like you know, people that you follow yourself or with clients that they've done X, Y, and Z and you're like, where did you get that information from and stuff like that? So like, that's obviously a big barrier that you perhaps see on TikTok now currently because you're still um, on it and stuff. It's it's a massive one. Like um, information is so skewed, um, especially with social medias and like, you know, whatever about say Instagram, it's, it, you know, obviously it was quite accessible to to get poor information there, but you know, a, a TikTok video can blow up and all of a sudden it can get two, three, four million likes and 11 million views. It's like it, the platform is, it's so easy to go viral on it. You know, it's, it's actually pretty scary. Um, and it, it doesn't take a lot to go viral on it either, which is the scarier thing. So you have a lot of people who will pop on, um, they could be promoting a weight loss coffee or just absolute horseshit. Apologies for the, the language. Um, and next thing they might put on a, a doctor's coat or something like that. And all of a sudden they say, do this or this is uh, information from a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And people all of a sudden will believe it because they see some fella or some girl dress up um, and say that they're a doctor or they're a nutritionist or they're a personal trainer, whatever it may be. 
and they give out this like really outlandish advice and you know like it's it's scary and frightening to see it and i suppose this is like a big question like how do you depict what information is correct and what's not correct and what i would always say to someone is if you see anything on any social media or any kind of google or any tabloid or just general media take it with a pinch of salt back it up and see is the does the literature actually come true as correct or incorrect and it's kind of it's a difficult one for like say the general population to understand because there's a whole kind of pyramid of literature um, and let's say studies and quality of study and how good or how reliable they are. And it starts from, you know, like an expert's opinion, say from like a doctor right up to like randomized control trials, which are, are uh, controlled trials that, you know, they're, they're testing one variable against another. Um, it's, it's done under certain conditions. Um, and it's trying to eliminate as much bias as possible. And, you know, they're obviously the the gold standard, the, them and say meta-analysis and systematic reviews. And people are probably thinking, what the hell are these? There are all these kind of journals and um, that are kind of very reliable. And these are the ones where we should be obviously taking our information from. But for a general population, you're not going to go and try to find out what a randomized control is, or a trial of control is, or what a meta-analysis is, because you you don't understand it or, you know, you won't get the concept of it. So it's kind of, you're, you're caught between a, a rock and a hard place. So, what I would always say in that sort of circumstance is, you know, never believe what you see online. And again, that's probably like, you know, going to affect me in a sense that you're probably like, they're saying like, oh, Killian's contradicting himself because he puts up all this stuff and then he's telling us not to believe what you see online. So it's, it's a case of taking everything with a pinch of salt, you know, having a look at something and, and not jumping the gun straight away and saying, oh my God, that person lost 10 pounds because they followed a water diet and it magically improves insulin sensitivity. Like, no, check it out first. Do your research first you know research it go through maybe some books if you need to do it like i wouldn't necessarily say trust google but google a few things around kind of get a general idea maybe go and ask someone that you know is an expert in that area you know whether it be a doctor or a coach that you know is really really good um or a specific nutritionist dietitian whoever it may be you know do your research first before deep diving or jumping the gun and saying yeah deadly let's get absolutely shredded on water <laughs> Oh, I fucking love that to get the whole water. Is that have you seen that like water diet? Yeah, I seen it. Like it it was well, I didn't. I I, that that was me just making up shite with the the insulin after the water. But I did see someone promote a water diet. Um, and it got like oh, it was like two million, two million likes or something like that. And I was just thinking, like, how can people actually genuinely believe? that a water diet is healthy for you to start off with. You know what I mean? Um, like it's, it's just, it's crazy that the, the amount of stuff that gets put out, like there's another guy at the moment um, on TikTok that I keep seeing and he reckons he's a doctor. I don't know if he is or not. He's um, he puts on this doctor code anyway, and he's promoting this coffee that will magically burn through fat and help you lose X amount of weight or whatever it may be. And has a lot of really good properties in it or beneficial responses to the body or whatnot like and you know like it's it's frightening to see it because he's getting on average like one two million likes a video and you're thinking there's two million people here who are potentially buying into this absolute scam you know so it, it's frightening to see what's what's out there you know yeah no 100 and like i think you just like some of the stuff you just see that you're kind of like how how does someone actually believe that this is true again like to obviously like as you kind of discussed obviously the whole there is like controls and environment in terms of like 
you know, if there has been studies to be proven with this, but obviously with a lot of stuff that we see on social media at the moment, um, again, like if I was on TikTok, I'm probably way more furious as well, because again, like I don't know what is being shared at the moment. I suppose I'm very, like I limit what I consume online now or I I try to and I think like yeah you see all these kind of like weirdest of diets and stuff like that and it's just like can you not why do people waste their time and I suppose like look I'm gonna be a bit like I'm I'll I'll put my hand up and say like I tried to do keto I followed people who had done keto diets and like for people that are like I'll be honest with it I actually I don't think I've ever discussed it but I didn't realize what I was doing I didn't know what ketogenesis was like I had no fucking clue and what it was it was like when I was it wasn't when I started my fitness journey it was this was actually 2018 when I just arrived into Australia and I wanted to lose a bit of weight because I was conscious of like because I just arrived in Australia, I was staying in a hostel, I was drinking every weekend, I was having a bloody time in my life. But I thought, oh, I need to like reduce carbs or cut out carbs completely because that's what's causing me fucking. And um, like I wasn't big in my eyes anyway. Like, like I was ha- like relatively happy, but I was like, oh, you know, I was like every Saturday and Sunday morning, I was, you know, doing my ab exercises and hope for the best for the week. And uh, then, yeah, I was actually looking for every time I went food shopping, I was looking for like, you know, low carb, ketogenic kind of like style foods. And I didn't realize exactly what it was until I actually educated myself. And I was like, oh, oh, that, that, that's what that is. And then I was like, and then I realized the people I was following, I had to unfollow them. So I was like, I don't agree with this. Like, you know, so again, and it was something that I remember when I first, when I started the self-coaching business page, I actually had someone message me and ask me my qualifications because he didn't believe, he actually, I don't know whether he didn't believe me that I was qualified, but he was like, I just like if I'm going to be prospective, I want to know what your actual qualifications are. It's like, okay, that's a very valid point. And like, so yeah, so whoever you're getting your information from, like, you know, again, coming back to the whole what I said, like, there's a difference between being a fitness influencer and being an online coach. Like, we have certificates or, you know, diplomas or whatever, because we've gone through the scientific education to get to the position of where we are allowed to spread this information because of what we've learned because it's actually scientifically proven and it will help it's not just like oh sure scenes in the back of a you know i seen this on a tiktok video sure like i'll tell people how to do it so um but that's so interesting about that whole the bullet like, i think that bulletproof coffee as well like that's still going around bulletproof uh, like yeah i've seen i know i haven't seen it as much but the anything to do with coffee if that's just a top tip fresh one there if you see anything to do that coffee has some magical effect to help you with weight loss it doesn't just to put that out there you know and so that's that's just one thing i'd put out but yeah like you, you see so many different things and like it's a funny one like with ketogenesis like you know obviously you're you're the reason why keto will work is because you're removing a whole macronutrient group you know and uh, this is where carbs get such a bad press and they're actually quite beneficial for us like carbohydrates are, are very beneficial for the body they supply us with energy they're a source of fiber you know they're protein sparing and um, they, they have a lot of a functions in the body but i suppose one person found out that if they remove the whole macronutrient group uh, from their diet they're just going to create a calorie deficit which is what we know is how we lose weight um you know because if like for a lot of people when like when you look at a person's diet, let's say, and they're, they're trying to, to lose a bit of weight, there's obviously going to be foods in there that are going to be quite, say, calorie-dense foods. So like your, your pizzas, your things like that. like um, And they're, they're kind of eating them quite a lot. So when you say to someone, okay, well, go keto, like you're re- you're removing all of that. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, a person can't have their ice creams, their pizzas, their their takeouts for the most of it. Um, so naturally enough, they're of course they're going to lose weight because they've just re- removed a shit ton of calories from their diet, you know? Um, and that's why they will get, say, great re- results initially. And then obviously, 
obviously the whole um the whole side of things as well that you know um carbohydrates hold on to a certain amount of water and um, so you know there'll be a lot of water weight that will go initially within the say the first few weeks as well um of following a keto diet and that's why you know you'll you'll see someone lose six seven eight pounds in the first week or the first two weeks or whatnot but on the other side of it it's creating a massive massive restriction in someone's diet and like for for the most people for most part people want to enjoy their foods and you know it's still get a takeaway or still eat x y and z or whatever it may be you know and that's getting taken away from them and there's only a certain amount of willpower you're going to have with it especially in the like the fast-paced world we live in now where everything's so accessible so like it's a case of you know they'll go well for three four five weeks and then all of a sudden like i was talking to a client yesterday and she said she was following keto for ages and uh, it was valentine valentine's day she had a slice of uh, chocolate cake just one slice and then it was just a downward spiral from there she said she was just week after week after week just binging out binging out and binging out because she'd followed that ketogenic diet for so long she had restricted herself for so long that the minute that she had something that she used to enjoy it just it com- completely consumed her and she was back to to square one plus probably three steps behind where she initially started you know so that's that's they say the the initial benefit to keto and why it works but then look at all the uh, the other negatives to it as well you know yeah and this is obviously something that you are you help a lot of people with in terms of obviously the nutrition side of things so this is what you're studying this is where like a lot of your I suppose your knowledge would be as well when it comes to nutrition so like you like I know you do know your stuff as well so I suppose like in terms of obviously now let's say what what kind of have you seen kind of prop up recently in terms of nutrition like you know has there been certain barriers that people have been um kind of like created for themselves or you know like what have you seen kind of like let's say recently let's say over the last like few months this is coming out of lockdown and um stuff like that and obviously this kind of probably ties into I suppose now looking ahead we have Christmas kind of coming up so I suppose like what have what do you kind of see as like potential barriers that people are perhaps creating right now that you could probably help anyone that might be listening that might be thinking oh crap like Christmas coming up I sure need to look look great to look amazing that sparkly dress that I have that I wore when I was 20 and now I'm like 52 I'm like okay that was 32 years ago so you know I suppose like you know yeah so how would you kind of like help people now or like what are you what ways are you going to kind of go about helping people in terms of the whole nutrition linked with um kind of the Christmas period and stuff like I suppose I think it's a it's a case of trying to nail down the basics first. You know, it's kind of like that analogy of create a foundation before building the house, you know. Um, and I think a lot of people are quick to jump the gun and they want a you know a short short-term sacrifice for a long-term outcome. Uh, and it, that's not how it works, you know. If you want something that's going to be a long-term outcome, you have to put in those long-term sacrifices as opposed to looking for that quick quick fix you know it's we should be looking here at a a lifestyle change not just a quick fix to to look good for two days but then you know go on a complete spiral downward spiral and and feck up our relationship with nutrition you know so it's you can do a lot and you can do quite a lot of basics you know between now and the christmas period there's still quite a lot of time and you know like we were discussing earlier on it's actually a really nice time to get into it because you can have don't have the mindset of okay i'll just start in the new year have the mindset of well if i start now i could be a potentially a stone down by christmas i'm going to get a lot of compliments i'm going to feel really good about myself and i'm going to have the self a sense of achievement that you know what i actually done something between now and the end of 2021 and you know i didn't say okay i'm just going to wait till the start of the new year you know and um, so that's what i that, that's the mindset that i would have you know when i'm approaching if I was to approach kind of going into it now, as opposed to, to January, but um, I suppose, you know, you can do a lot of basics without, you know, um, going too far or putting yourself too, too far out. And one of the things that I will always get my clients to do is 
when they start, just do a, a simple food diary. And it's a case of just writing down and recording all the foods that you're eating and analyze it, have a look at it. And I suppose it's nearly like a form of journaling, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of like analyze and see, you know, what your, what your, your kind of your dietary patterns are like over the course of the week and see where you can make little changes. You don't have to eliminate a food group. You don't have to give up your, your bits of chocolate. You don't have to give up a bag of crisps or whatever it may be. It's just being a little bit more mindful and aware of your nutrition. So what I would do to start off with that is just do out a food diary, analyze it and see, okay, well, do you know what? turns out maybe I'm actually having three bags of crisps every evening while watching Netflix. So, okay, well, I'm probably just mindfully, mindlessly watching Squid Games or whatever it may be. Um, and it turns out I'm eating three bags of crisps and a bar of chocolate with it. Um, you know, okay, well, that's that's something that I could have a look at and I could try um, reduce. So instead of having three bags of crisps, I'm going to have my one bag of crisps and a bar of chocolate. You know, and it's just making those simple little changes um, and that will go a long way and really, really help. And then it's having a look at the other things and say, OK, well, you know, turns out I'm actually not really having like a whole pile of protein here. Um, maybe that's something that I have to increase. So, OK, well, how can I do that? Um, OK, cool. But well, I've noticed that I'm not having breakfast in the morning. So why not have, you know, two, two, uh, two eggs, two boiled eggs and a slice of toast? You know, and bang, all of a sudden you're you're getting a whack of protein in there. And um, so it's it's finding out those basics first and then doing the same thing in all other areas of your life as well. Look at like, okay, well, what's my activity like? Oh shit, I'm sitting down nine to five, Monday to Friday. Probably should start increasing my steps a little bit here or just moving around in general a little bit. Um, and the same thing like with say workouts or, you know, just general activity. Okay, I'm probably not doing a whole pile here. Maybe I should join up a, a fitness class or, you know, inquire about a coach and X, Y, and Z. So there's a lot of simple things that you can do that will get you massive results. You know, like I had a guy on my podcast last week and he's actually a close friend of mine. Um, and he came down to us last summer. So he's from Dublin. We're living in Saigo at the moment. And he, he came down to us. And one of my housemates actually, had, he'd recently lost like 20 kilo. He was doing amazing. He was he was absolutely flying it. And that kind of spurred him on and inspired him on to, to do a few bits and pieces. And I asked him, like, I was like, what did you do different? And he was like, it wasn't a whole pile. He just, he had a look at his nutrition. He made some, you know, he got a little bit more aware with it, made some just practical swaps. Like instead of drinking a can of Coke, he went to Coke Zero, little things like that. Um, he got a little bit more active took up cycling found out he actually enjoyed it and a year later he's 30 kilo down and he didn't even step foot in a gym do you know what i mean so wow it, it, yeah it just goes to show like you know simple isn't sexy but simple works oh my god and like did he have the help of a coach or was it just him be like i'm gonna try and see if these swaps work like what like what this was what like i need to listen to that podcast whenever it's not it's not out yeah is it is that absolutely no no, he's he's out in maybe three weeks. It's actually after your your one. So oh, that's um, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But everyone first off listened to that podcast that I did with Killing because that was a bloody amazing <laughs> podcast episode. But that was um, good. That was a good one. But like that's amazing. And again, it just shows that like people think we need to go to the extremes. Oh, sure, I have to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm like, no, you don't have to. Oh gosh, I have to do all this cardio. No, you don't have to. Oh, I have to like eat 1200 calories a day and I'm going to do to do all this. No, you don't. And again, like I think. But de definitely the whole like keep it bloody simple because keep people think we need to do all these different things like to, regardless if it is to like lose body fat or like to gain muscle as well. It is just simple little changes. And again, we again, this comes the probably links back now to the start of the episode where it's like if because the fear of failure is probably stemming from we feel like we need to do so much. So um I love how I did that little loop around now. But um but yeah. You make a good point there though, like you know. I when we start to think of these things and people are very like, they'll think 12 steps ahead, they'll think of the end results, but you know, they won't actually 
commit to one action at a time. And when you start thinking of 10, 12 different things going on and what I need to look like at a certain date and time, and, you know, don't get me wrong, a time frame's quite important. Just, you know, it gives us a little bit of, of good stress there to, to, to go with it. But people will get overwhelmed. And instead of actually doing something, then they'll just go back into their comforts, you know? So it's it's a case of, okay, we know what the end result is that we ideally want, but you need to put one or two little simple plans in place and stick to them. You know, um, clarity comes from action. It won't come from anything else. You need to take action. And the simpler you keep that action, the better results you're going to get, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. Like, oh my God, we've just, I mean, you're looking at the page in front of me because like while Killian was speaking, everyone just, because obviously nobody can see us. But while Killian was speaking, I was like writing down different things he was saying. I'm just like, we've talked about so much like honestly so much but like I hope there was a definitely there was definitely value in I think everything I think we just we definitely did cover a lot from mindset environment um journaling as well obviously like looking at um like our mindsets and stuff like that and I suppose like to slowly wrap things up um like in terms of like your own fitness side of things like like what like what are you doing currently yourself like are you do you have any specific goal yourself because I think with a lot of people for some coaches I know some coaches at the moment who are like I've no I'm just taking the day by day I've no set kind of like end goal in mind so like are you yourself perhaps like do you have a goal at the moment or you're kind of just like looking after yourself doing what you can each day and focusing on helping other people like do you have any kind of I suppose like in terms of like your own fitness journey yeah, I suppose at the moment I am getting PHAT fast. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of a lean kind of gaining phase at the moment. Um, just trying to put on a little bit of size. So, you know, a lot of people like training hasn't changed too much. Training stays relatively the same. It's trying to maximize, you know, the, each exercise and, and and create a stimulus after each session. But right now it's mainly focusing on the nutrition side of things and increasing my calories and one thing i would often struggle with is when i'm working i i would get so ingrained or so focused in my work that i forget to eat you know so it's trying to find that happy medium and, and trying to get calories in where possible because at the moment i am kind of consuming quite a lot of calories you know so it's it's trying to find that the happy medium and, and getting them all in on a daily basis so yeah for me right now it's um training four times a week um eating a lot of food um really really enjoying it focusing on getting as strong as possible in in my main four or five lifts that i'm i'm focusing on and yeah i think i'll take that up to around probably around january time um and i'll look at then uh, probably you know I, I might do a, a mini mini cleanup phase halfway through but we'll see it all depends on, on how i'm looking and if i can afford to to keep going on without one but um yeah that's kind of where i'm at at the moment that's where my goals are so yeah just enjoying all the, the eating at the moment <laughs> Yeah, same. I'm literally, as you said there, like there was one point yesterday where I'd like, I think it was like five o'clock, like five or six o'clock here. And I was like, I have a thousand calories to go. How am I going to do this? Like people always think like, oh my God, like I'm full on 1400 calories. I'm like, no, you're not. You're probably eating 2000. You're probably just not tracking it correctly. And like people think like it's great being in a gaining phase. I'm like gaining phase is nearly as tough as being in a deficit because you're you're actually trying to feed yourself more than what it is to actually maintain your current level of energy so you can actually like like even now what i've noticed and maybe that it could just be obviously related to the heat and my lack of sleep at the moment but like i'm exhausted i'm like oh my god there's so much food but like i'm obviously trying to make sure like obviously my expenditure is only so much i'm training five five times a week now i'm doing like my steps are quite high at the moment because i'm more active now because i'm away and um stuff like that so like 
I'm going to kind of take that all into consideration, but still, like, my food is just, like, there's just so much of it. Like, it's great, but, like, it's a, it's bloody tough. Like, and I know, like, it, like I've heard people, I say, when it comes to their gaining phase, that they are towards the end, they're, like, struggling to eat. They're, like, I'm full, I'm full, I'm full. And sometimes I'm very full, and then I'm, like, oh, God, I still have, like, 20 grams of protein left. What am I going to do? And then you're just trying to make that, like, e- as easy to digest um, as well. So, yeah. But, like, I think the reason why I wanted to kind of bring that up is just kind of, I suppose, like, you know kind of linking back to the whole you know in terms of a goal setting because people think like oh my goal is to like lose you know x amount of weight or whatever like and like your goal is, is, is simply just kind of like it is improvement rather than kind of um improvement I suppose rather than just like oh I need to like look certain like you obviously want to like obviously naturally grow muscle muscle tissue but there's no like there's no number association I think again we put numbers with happiness and it's it's a very common um, thing that I see. And I just keep like when people say, I'll be happy when I'm this weight. And I'm like, you probably won't be. And that's, a, that's something that I don't know whether you've seen people um, recently do it or like, I suppose, like how, like, again, how do you kind of um, help people with that in terms of, this would be my last question. Then I'll go to my final, final question of the podcast. But in terms of anyone that is looking to associate happiness with numbers, how do you go about helping them with that? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like I would always say, you know, don't define happiness with a number on the scale. Um, and it's like one kind of analogy or one little thing that I would often say to a client who struggles with a lot because there's some clients who 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 don't really use the scale and they're not really bothered with it and fine, all well and good. But there, there's some people who obsess with the scale quite a lot and say, I have to be this number. I have to be this body weight. And what I would always say to someone is, okay, picture someone, you know, a celebrity or someone famous or someone, you know, whoever it is and think, okay, um, you would love to have a, a similar appearance or a similar physique okay so they'll, they'll obviously i'd say who is it they'll tell me who it is and i'd say to them okay imagine i could click my fingers right now and you would look like that person and um, but you'd be two kilo heavier would you do it and they always say yes you know so then i say to them and i make the point well why are you obsessing over the scale you know um, and i think that's when it clicks with them a little bit then and they think okay well yeah he has a point and uh, you know there's so much more to the, the the fitness and health industry than just a number on the scale don't define your progress by a number on the scale. Look at all the other improvements. Look at the relationship with your food, like if that's improved. Look at your relationship with activity, how that's improved. Look how your sleep has improved. Stress, digestion, you're now tracking like for females, like your menstruation cycle, you're understanding that more. You know when to, when training phases are going to be better or when they're going to be a little bit worse or likewise with your, with your food and when there could be potential bloat or binge eating or you know wanting to eat more foods and um, look at like your your clothing size oh maybe you've dropped uh, down another size with a dress or a, a pair of jeans take before and after photos look at the difference in them there assess your mood how much more energy you have how happier you feel you know there's a lot more that we can define as a success compared to just that one number on the scale you know yeah no 100 and i think you know like it's it's just something that i keep saying to myself like i like not to not because I, I don't, when I look at the scales, like I have like this kind of like, you know, black or white feeling. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like it doesn't bother me. Like the scales are to go up like three kilos from yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like it's not, it's not going to impact, impact my day, but some people do because I suppose like weight loss can be very different to fat loss because like you could look, you could be hypothetically 60 kilos, but like, you know, if you're after like resistance training and your, your relationship with food and your clothes are feeling a little better your whole body composition might be different so you could weigh 60 kilos in january and weigh 60 kilos in um bloody december but your whole composition might be complete change and that's what you needed so again 
important to look at the other um like factors as well like how you how you're feeling and stuff like that as well so um and just to kind of wrap things up I always kind of like to finish off the podcast on a kind of I suppose a little bit more of a personal note because obviously everything that we discussed about is obviously stuff that we're quite passionate about um in terms of like health fitness and I suppose like in general lifestyle improvements I suppose again is kind of very much into uh, I suppose our coaching but coaching aside let's let's put the business aside let's take off those business hats for a second and who is Killian and what does he like to do outside of fitness anything not related to fitness like what if obviously you mentioned Harry Potter obviously you're big um in like is a big industry for you as as is mine um but yeah like what what else other hobbies that you have what else do you enjoy doing that's not fitness related yeah so Killian is a cheeky confident positive person i would describe him um he's quite playful um but apart from fitness he really loves to do a lot of surfing so um, that would be one thing i love surfing um yeah i think we, we were in the water uh, like since we were kids and um, we used to sail quite a lot as well we've done a lot of sailing and this the last nearly year and a bit we took up surfing um and yeah we we absolutely love it so um that's probably where you'll see me if i'm not in a gym is, is trying to get out on the board um and i also like playing a lot of football ga so we are currently into our county final, um, which has been played this this weekend. So, um, yeah, just in time for when the, the clubs are opening up again. Um, so hopefully we will win it. And that is pretty much me. Yeah. Um, other than that, I have a massive interest in Harry Potter. As you could tell, I read the books like three times over. Um, and I'm a massive, massive geek when it comes to uh, nutrition as well. And I really, really love to deep dive into that as well. So, um, you know, that's probably me in a nutshell as such. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go for anyone that was just obviously curious about that. So obviously for nobody that, in case for the people that don't follow you, like um, Killian is currently doing a master's in sports nutrition, if I'm right as well. So um, we were just discussing it before I clicked the record button. So uh, he is currently in the middle of all that fun as he's in his final year. But um, Killian, for anyone that doesn't follow you, where can they find you or find out about your business? So it's really simple, CMCC Fitness. Um, if you just check that up on Instagram, Facebook, um, and on the web as well, that's where you'll get me. Um, TikTok is Killian McCahey 18 if anyone wants to see my stupid TikToks, but they're mainly trends these days. So, or cool recipes. But yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> but at least we know for anyone that is going to follow him on TikTok, like it is scientifically proven, like there's no bullshit there like everything is kind of like you could trust we could trust Killian on um on TikTok unlike the other like millions of other silly people that are on it but Killian thank you so much for coming on this or this podcast today I know we talked about so much and it was just kind of like I do hope I think it was valuable hopefully so um if you guys um really enjoyed this episode please do let me know um if you're sharing it on social media do tag myself or um Killian or you just pop me a message I'm obviously as you guys know I love to hear all your feedback and yeah Killian thank you so much again for coming on and um I'll see everyone in the next episode